everyone. Thank you for joining us. You are now tuned in to Trish Chat, a series that promotes meaningful dialogue around identity, culture, and real-life stories. We are your hosts, Steph and Jess, and everything you'll hear in our episodes are based on personal experiences. Make sure to tune in every Monday to hear our latest episodes. Hi, everybody. My name is Steph, and I am here alone this week. Uh, Jess encouraged me to do a solo episode, and I decided to take her up on the offer. So today it is just me, and the topic is mommy issues, starring myself. So there are two things that I want to say before um, before I start. The first is that I know that some folks can be offended by the term mommy issues or daddy issues. I specifically use those terms because I don't say them in an offensive way, but I also recognize that um, anybody who was raised by a human, um, that caretaker had their own traumas, their own baggage that they likely passed on to you. And so we're all dealing with some sort of mommy or daddy or guardian issues um, throughout our lives. And it's just a matter of um, acknowledging those and being aware of those. So whatever it is that you want to call it, whether it be mommy issues or daddy issues, those are just the terms that I use, but that's what I'm going to talk about today. Um, And the second piece that I want to say is I think that for many podcasts, um, and even for some for some of the episodes that Jess and I have done, we talk about a lot of things in hindsight, and so we tend to have a solution for things, um, or you know, it can seem very well put together because you're 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 looking back at something and you're able to analyze. You're not in the situation anymore, so you're able to have a different viewpoint on it. I am still going through a lot of these things that I'm going to talk about, so. It may not, you know, this episode may not provide you with any sort of solution. It may sound like my thoughts may be kind of scattered. Um, That's just where I am. And I am going to be very, very vulnerable in, in talking about my mommy issues. And I am doing that in the hopes that somebody will benefit or someone who is going through this right at this very moment in time can understand that they are not alone and that there is at least one other person in the world, me, that is figuring out how to come to terms with um, a lot of the trauma that my mommy issues have caused. So many of you know, um, you know, as if you've listened to previous episodes that I no longer have a relationship with my mom. I actually no longer have a relationship with anyone in my family. Um, I came out to my mom in 2012 and she was not okay with it. She, um, she's very religious. Um, she told me that I was going to go to hell. She thinks that being gay, um, is a choice. Um, and so I tried you know, in different ways to sort of mend that relationship. Um, and the, my last ditch effort was to write a letter um, to highlight the, the different ways in which, you know, I was going through this pivotal moment in my life of realizing who I was and who I had suppressed for so many years. And I really needed that support from a mother and, um, you know, letting her know that she hadn't provided that. And, and you know, her response was, that's your choice. And so long as that's your choice, like we don't need to be in each other's lives. So that's sort of the the short um, 
shortened version of that. If you want the longer version, you, you know, you'll, I encourage you to listen to um, our previous episodes. So there's there's a lot of trauma and cutting ties with your family in the way that I did. And there's a lot of trauma specifically in cutting ties with your parents. Um, and for me, it was, you know, with my mom. And for many, many years, I wrote that off as if it's, oh, well, you know, pe- people would say like, oh, what are you doing for Mother's Day? Or what are you doing for Father's Day? Or what do you, you know, what does your family think of this? And I would say, well, I don't have a relationship with my family. I don't have a relationship with my mom. And they would say, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. My response would be, it's their loss. Um, kind of just like putting up this wall and not giving myself the space or the self-compassion or the love that I needed to deal um, with the trauma that came from ending all of those relationships was specifically the relationship with my mom. And I just suppressed and suppressed and suppressed for so many years and just dealt with it as like, well, if you don't want to be there for me, if you don't want to love me, well, that's your loss. Um, and in doing that, I I dealt with a lot of trauma that I I, um, I want to just, uh, I want to highlight um, for the rest of this episode. So the first thing that I I dealt with, and I'm coming to terms with a lot of these things, so th- this is still like a, a work in progress, um, is that I, I really lost myself. Like I have been lost for the past seven years. Um, and I'm just now starting to regain who I am. So, you know, anybody who knows me well knows that I am a very free spirited person. I am a go getter. If I say I'm gonna do something, if I say like I wanna go bungee jumping tomorrow, I'm gonna go bungee jumping tomorrow. I have not been that person for seven years. Um, a long that's a long time. Um, and I would see that glimpses of that would come out throughout the last couple of years. Um, where I, I would say that I was going to do something um, and I act, would actually do it. But for the most part, I I would say like, oh, I'm, I'm going to go to yoga or I am going to go buy myself some new clothes. And I just wouldn't, I just wouldn't do it. Like there was just something in me that was a huge barrier to just doing what I said that I would do. And I'm, I'm, I, you know, let's put work uh, aside just in my personal life. I never did things for myself that I said that I was going to do. And that the idea of having that barrier and not understanding what that barrier was, but then the shame that came with, you know, thinking like, what, what the hell is going on with you? Like, you're not this person and, and you keep saying that you're going to do something, but you're not doing it. And then feeling bad about not doing something and then continuing to not do it. So I went through this cycle of like of, of not doing things and then there were moments where I would say like you know I haven't done anything for myself you know I you know I, I I'm feeling super frazzled I need alone time and there were many instances where I would say this to Jess I would say you know what like I haven't done anything for myself I'm having a breakdown right now I really need to have like some alone time and I chucked it up to like you know I'm a loner I enjoy um, alone time. But really what I didn't do was I didn't, I didn't really check in with what is this feeling telling me? Why am I feeling so frazzled out of nowhere and feeling like I need to remove myself from the world? Why, why is it that, that I need to do that? And 
it wasn't until very recently in talking to my therapist that I realized that in not having my family, we treat our families as, or at least I do, as sort of like the foundation for who you are, um, right? And so if, you're ha- if, if you get, if, if for, for many people, and I understand this is not the case for, for some, but for, for many people, you know, if you go through a bad breakup, if you lose your home, you have family that you can rely on. And that's sort of your foundation, um, your, your backbone in a way. But in me cutting ties with my entire family, I have been operating for the last seven years from such a place of loneliness and fear where it feels like every little decision that I make has such a bigger impact if I fail because I don't have that backup. I don't have my mom that I can go to. I don't have my dad that I can go to. I don't have my sister, my brother, my cousin, etc., that I can go to. So it just feels like there's so much more on the line because I am by myself and I have no foundation. And I know that parts of me know that that's not the case and that I have I have wife, I have a wonderful group of supportive friends and I have community, but there is still a really big part of me that is so scared to do things and feels so alone and and like I'm walking on on a what do you call those things like a tightrope and like if I just take the wrong step like I'm doomed I'm falling and that's something that I'm working through right now but I had so much relief when I figured that out because it really helped me to check in with why I don't do the things that I say I'm gonna do for myself and really holding myself more accountable to that and really coming to terms with the fears that I put in my own head that don't that may not necessarily exist from like going to a yoga class or saying I'm going to buy myself something and just doing it. The other thing that I have been dealing with which like was really hard for me when I came to terms with that and I just came to terms with that like a few days ago or a week ago is and I just said it before where I, I sort of just use the term loner all the time where I really enjoy spending time by myself or I enjoy spending time with more um, by myself than I do with others. And I've probably said that in, in our previous episodes. And I'm coming to terms with the fact that that might not be 100% true. I really do enjoy doing certain things alone. I enjoy... Um, spending some time alone journaling. I enjoy going for a a walk um, alone. But I was coming from this place where I really wanted to spend a a majority of my time being alone. And I wanted to spend, yeah, I wanted to spend a majority of my time being alone. And I I had this like fear of, of networking, this fear of, getting to know people and them getting to know me and I would get to know people and I would sort of allow myself to fall off their radar and and I thought that that stemmed from like oh well there just isn't really a connection with those people or I would try and find like oh I don't like this about that person um 
But what that was was a wall that I was building up. And the reason why is because, again, I'm coming from a place of a fear of I don't want to get to know people, to love people, to trust people, and for that to to fall through. And so the easiest thing that I did for myself, and I'm, I'm saying easy in these imaginary quotations because I, that was that this has actually been more difficult, is that I would just not really make an effort in building community. And I think that if I had stayed living in New York, I probably could have continued with the scam because um, it is what it is, it, I'm scamming myself. Um, I probably could have continued with this scam because I do have my very close network of of friends that are in New York, that are in Boston, that are in Rhode Island, that I know that they're my family and that I can I can go to for anything. Um, but it was when I moved to San Francisco and looking back at being here in a year and I'm like, yeah, you know, I have met some people and I have built connections with people, but there is more that I could have done there and there's more people that I could have met had I not put those walls up. Had I not been operating from a fear of, oh, well, you know, these people might uh, leave or, and this was all subconscious, right? This is not necessarily something that I was, you know, actively thinking about, but it definitely dictated the way that, that I acted. I also just like, you know, I haven't even told Jess this, so she'll probably hear it for the first time in the episode when she's editing it, but um her family is super close and her family treats me as if I am family because they do consider me family and I consider them my family. Um, however, when it gets to like naming conventions, um, her aunts and uncles call me their niece. They say that that's my niece. Um, but I will always say to, to Jess, your tia or your tío. Um, Thea is aunt, Theo is uh, um, uncle in, in Spanish. And I remember that one of her aunts got upset with me once because she was like, why do you have to say your Thea to her? I'm your Thea too. And I'm going to cry saying this because I'm still working through it. But again, it's that fear of losing people and needing to build up those walls that I have operated from where... Even by just saying your tia or your tío, it may sound so small and so silly, but it is a way for me to protect myself in that if I'm not saying tía or tío, if I lose that, then I don't have to, that's one less thing that I have to, you know, work on uh, getting over or coming to terms with. And I don't want to do that anymore. Um, I don't want to live from a place of fear. So it is something that, um, I am actively working on, but you know, it's something that came to me top of mind as I was journaling about these traumas and, and these mechanisms that I have put in place to survive as a result of these traumas. So that was, that was the, the second piece. Um, the third piece, which I think is underlying in all of this is that for all these years, I have felt unworthy of love um, because 
you know, oftentimes we say, you know, if you have a problem with one person, it might just be that one person, but if you have a problem with multiple people, then you need to do some self-reflection and think about what, you know, what your role has been in creating these issues or, or creating that, yeah, creating those issues. And because I don't have a relationship with my whole family, there's just one cousin that I talk to here and there, but pretty much my whole family, I have operated from a place of, well, I guess I'm just not worthy of love because no one has contacted me. No one has, I'm sorry, I, I shouldn't say that. People have contacted me for the wrong reasons, but no one has contacted me from a place of, I want you to know that you know, regardless of what your parents may feel, what anybody else in this family may feel, I love you and, you know, I support you wholeheartedly for who you are. I haven't had that. And so I have been just walking around feeling completely unworthy of any sort of love from anyone um, because... I, I, I'm not getting that from my family. And if your family are the people who have known you for your whole life, they've raised you, they've seen you through multiple stages of your life, through the good, the bad, and the ugly, and they can take all of that experience and knowing you from a point where you didn't even know yourself, if they can take all of that and say, nah, no thanks, then you you walk away feeling like, damn, I guess I'm not I'm not worth anybody's love. Not one person in my family. And I know that a big part of that has stemmed from not no one, you know, coming to me from my family and saying, hey, I love you. I still accept, you know, I, I accept you for who you are. Um, but I also know that a part of that is deeply rooted in the fact that I didn't get much attention, sorry, much affection as a child. Um, my mom... Um, the way that she loved was very unique in a sense, and it stemmed from her own trauma, not being raised as a child, not being raised by her parents as a child, um, and, uh, being mistreated when she was younger. She didn't give me a, she didn't give me a ton of affection, um, growing up. I, I remember going to her multiple times and asking her for a hug and she would give me like a one-handed hug um, and like pat me on the back, try and make it as formal as possible. And when I would say to her, can you give me a hug with both arms? She would do it for a few seconds and then she would get really frazzled and be like, okay, that's enough. Um, and I remember that when she dropped me off in college, she started crying. And I think that had been the second time ever in my life that I saw her show any sort of emotion like that. And I felt so special. I felt so deeply wanted and loved um, at that point in my life. Like, wow, my, my mom actually does love me. She's crying because she's dropping me off in college and she won't see me every day. And it's not that I was happy that she was crying, but it was like I had a void that was being filled at that moment through those through those tears, which is really sad to say. Um, but it, it just like that totally like warped the way that 
I saw what love was and that I saw what self-love was and, and compassion, I don't blame my mom for what she did. You know, Brene Brown says that you can't love someone more than you love yourself. And I don't think that my mom loved herself very much because I don't think that she was taught to love herself. I think that she was, I don't know what she was taught, but she definitely wasn't taught to love herself. And I, she never dealt with that because she didn't have the means to deal with that. She was a mom of three kids in a new country, working, supporting her family. And so she didn't have the privilege to go to therapy and and deal with that. And, and that trauma passed on. And now I'm trying to deal with it um, so that I don't pass that on. But as I reflect on it, the way that she loved was very individualistic in a sense. She, if you, if you did something that defied what she, what she believed in or what she, what she said, she just would stop talking to you. And she wouldn't talk to you for a week or two until she was over it. And she was, she just seemed fine going through her day and going through her life, not talking to you. And when I look back at that, it made me believe subconsciously that that's what love was, that love could be taken away at any moment and that it's okay for you to take your love away at any moment from someone as a punishment if they don't do what you want them to do. I also grew up being laughed at if I showed any emotion, if I um, or, or being reprimanded if I showed too many emotion, too many emotions, if I laughed too much, if I was crying, if I was too happy, I was sort of expected to be in this neutral place. And so there was never really a space for me to deal with my emotions. So I just grew up suppressing my feelings and not having the space to talk through things. And I don't mean to paint a picture that like I grew up in a home that wasn't loving. I, I think that I just grew up in a home that where no one really knew how to communicate or to show love. My mom showed love by, you know, making me my favorite foods. Like whenever I would come home from college, she would make the foods that she knew that I liked. Um, you know, she would get me little gifts here and there. Um, and so I grew up thinking like, you know, love, you can take it away at any point. Love is also you, you know, just like doing things that you think are right and that you want to show to that person. And I look at the way now that I love myself and that, that it's really sad. But when I look back, that's exactly how I've loved myself for the past, for my whole life is that I've taken away love from myself. I've taken away my own self-love. Um, when I'm disappointed in myself or when something goes wrong. I have not checked in with myself. I have not worked through my emotions. And I have just, I, 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 you know, I've thought that just doing things for myself for the sake of self-care is the answer. And so when I would say, you know, I need to do something for myself, I'm having this, this like breakdown, I haven't done anything for me, 
that's where that was coming from was just do things for yourself so that you can feel that love. And so I would do things for myself. I would spend the whole day. I would deep condition my hair. I would go for a walk. And those things, you know, on their own are helpful when, when I have like actually dealt with the em emotions that are triggering what's, what's leading to me needing that. Um, and those things are actually helpful when you really are just exhausted and really do just need some time to decompress. They have been incredibly helpful for me. But when I think back at those moments where I was like, I need time for myself and I would take the day and I would deep condition, go for a walk. I would do anything that was on the list of self-care that you could possibly think of. And at the end of the day, I would still feel empty. And I was empty because I wasn't dealing with my emotions. I wasn't checking in with myself and thinking, what it is, what is it that is causing me to have this breakdown? What is it that is causing me to to feel the need to like push myself away from my partner, push myself away from my friends, push myself away from people? And now I'm finally coming to terms with all of that, and I'm I'm dealing with all of that, and it's it's a lot. It's a lot to realize as well that I've walked around not loving myself and I've put the burden of getting that love on other people. And so I've walked around from a place of let me give love to others. Let me give that love that, you know, in the way that I know, let me give them things um, in the way that my mom taught me and let me, let me do that stuff. And, and I think I did that stuff because I wanted somebody to do that for me. And what I'm now realizing is that I need to do that for myself. And that is incredibly difficult, especially when you have, like myself, I have very loving friends and I have a very loving wife. And it can be very, very easy for me to default and just allow them to fill my cup with love. But I'm, I'm, I'm really you know, taking those steps and figuring out how to get back to myself through that process of compassion for myself and, and self-love. And so, whew, that's a lot. Um, for anybody out there who is dealing with not having the best relationship with their mom, thinking about the ways in which their mom your mom raised you that may have impacted you in your adult life. Know that you are not alone. Know that for me, at least in my opinion, this is a lifelong process and that it's okay to be like in a fucked up place, um, which is sort of where I have been um, for quite some time. It, it's okay to, to, to be that way. Just take time to check in with yourself and understand why you do certain things, why there are certain behaviors that you that trigger you, why perhaps you feel empty if that's the case, why um, why you want to spend more alone time versus with others or why you want to spend a lot of time with others versus um, yourself. Just question all of that and really journal and think about it so that you can hopefully get to a place where you can figure out what those traumas are that you have perhaps suppressed 
and you can come to some sort of light where you can begin to work on those. You know, as always, I encourage people to go to therapy, but I also know that that is a privilege and that, that that's not feasible for everyone. So I, I hope that this episode helps at least one person to know that you're not alone. Um, I hope that the ways in which I've dealt through this um, and, and, and the things that I am to do, I hope that those give um, at least one person some ideas of how to deal with their uh, mommy issues. And I want to say that this is one of the most difficult episodes that I've ever done because I'm still in the middle of this. Like I haven't, I'm not looking back and saying, and now here's how I love myself. I'm still figuring that out. I'm still working on that. Um, but if you know, I'm going to encourage people on this podcast to be vulnerable, then I have to be vulnerable myself. And, you know, my goal is that in future episodes, I can come back and revisit this and, and provide an update on, on where I am and what I have done to get to a better place. Um, but I also wanted to share with you like the beginning and the middle of this journey. Um, and hopefully there are some people out there who are in that process with me and we can go through this together um, and knowing that you're not alone and knowing that you that at least I am also you know, working through these things. So I really appreciate your time um, listening. Please um, subscribe so that you can stay up to date on our episodes and follow us on Instagram at trish.chat. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you um, for listening. I'm sending you all much love and light. Uh, until next time, bye.